first saint novel. Then, I envy you the journey of discovery you're about to embark upon. The year is 1938. The place, England. Paul Simpson. Chapter 1. How Simon Templer went to a fire, and Patricia Holm heard of a financier. 1. Perhaps the story really began when Simon Templer switched on the radio. At least, before that, everything was peaceful, and afterwards, for many memorable days which were to find an unforgettable place in his saga of hairbreadth adventure, there was no peace at all. But Simon Templer's life always seemed to run that way. His interludes of peace seemed to have something inescapably transient about them, some inborn predestined seed of dynamite that was foredoomed to blast him back into another of those amazing episodes which to him were the ever-recurrent breath of life. He was not thinking of trouble or adventure or anything else exciting. He lounged back comfortably in the long-nosed rakish hirondelle, his fingertips barely seeming to caress the wheel as he nursed it over the dark winding roads at a mere whispering sixty, for he was in no hurry. Overhead a bright moon was shining, casting long shadows over the fields and silvering the leaves of passing trees and hedges. His blue eyes probed lazily the white reach of the headlights, and the unruffled calm of his brown face of a mocking buccaneer might have helped anyone to understand why, in many places, he was better known as the Saint than he was by his own name, without giving any clue to the disturbing fact that a mere mention of the saint in initiated quarters was capable of reducing detectives and convicted criminals alike to a practically indistinguishable state of unprintable incoherence. None of the adventures that had left that almost incredible legend in their trail had left a mark on his face or in his mind. He was simply and serenely enjoying his interlude— even though he must have known, even then, that it could only be an interlude until the next adventure began, because fate had ordained him for adventure. You know, he remarked idly, much as I've cursed them in my time, there's something to be said for these kindergarten English licensing laws. Just think, if it wasn't for the way our professional grandmothers smack our bottoms and pack us off to bed when the clock strikes— we might still be swilling inferior champagne and deafening ourselves with saxophones in that revolting roadhouse, instead of doing our souls a bit of good with all this. When you start getting tolerant, I'm always afraid you're sickening for something, said Patricia Holmes sleepily. He turned his head to smile at her. She looked very lovely, leaning back at his side, with her blue eyes half-closed and her lips softly shaped with humour. He was always discovering her loveliness again with an exciting sense of surprise, as if it had so many facets that it was never twice the same. She was something that was always changing and yet never changed, as much a part of him as his oldest memory, and yet always new. Wherever he went and whatever other adventures he found, she was the one unending and exquisite adventure. He touched the spun gold of her hair. All right, he said, you can have the saxophones. And that was when he switched on the radio. The little dial on the dashboard glowed a light out of the darkness, and for a few seconds there was silence while the set warmed up. And then, with an eerie suddenness, 
There were no saxophones, but a loud, brassy voice speaking in French. The set picked it out of the air in the middle of a sentence, flung it gratingly at them as it rose in a snarling crescendo. To crush them like vermin, to destroy them like rats who would carry their plague germs through our fair land. The blood of a million Frenchmen dead on the fields of glory cries out to you to show yourselves worthy of their sacrifice. Rise up and arm yourselves against this peril that threatens you from within. Stamp out these cowardly pacifists, these skulking traitors, these godless anarchists, these alien Jews who are betraying our country for a handful of gold. Sons of France, I call you to arms. Fling yourselves into the fight with a song on your lips and glory in your heart.